The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Leach Report and is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. No Tom Leach today. I am Billy Rutledge, filling in for Tom Leach for the second time in my career. You can follow me on Twitter at Billy R Sports. And we got a fun Tuesday show planned for you here on the Leach Report, an Election Day edition with already 100 million people voting in the United States. Hopefully you go out and make your voice heard today. But uh, I am Billy Rutledge, and we have a great guest lineup for you today. Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald-Leader will join us at some point. You can follow him on Twitter, at BenRobertsHL. We're going to talk to him a little bit about this Kentucky basketball team coming together and what a couple of weeks it's been for this Kentucky basketball team. Three top 25 recruits in the past week. So we'll step away from the football conversation and speak with him as our first guest coming up a little later in the show. Larry Vaught of Vaught's Views will join us as well as part of our guest lineup. The Sunday AM sports veteran will join us to talk some football and basketball. And also John Lewis of WDRB, a sports reporter, TV man, and Kentucky Wesleyan grad, will join us here on the Leach Report. I also have Shannon the Dude back in Louisville doing some producing for us. Shannon, good to talk to you again. How are you, and how was your vacation? Uh, it was great. How are you, Billy? Good to have you back in the big chair. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I never envisioned a day where Shannon the Dude would be producing for for me. I mean, you're the man that <laughs> taught it all, so how to run KSR, sure, how to run the Leach Report, so I'm glad you're along for the ride. Yeah, man, good to be here. So uh, what's your big topic of the day? I mean, first of all, before we get to that, have you been out to vote yet? Have you done your civic duty? I have. I, yeah. I got out and early voted last Friday. It, it was pretty simple in Lexington. I've been getting adjusted to the city since moving here last December. And, uh, you know, I don't think they should ever go back. I think we should have early voting for, for the rest of time. It's, it was just so easy to do. What about you? So I got to go this afternoon. I haven't done it yet. I am a day of voter. I don't know. I'm old school, I guess, when it comes to Election Day. I want to be there in person. I want to fill out the Scantron or push the button, whatever they do, and get my I Voted sticker. So I'll be doing that later on this afternoon. Absolutely. And hope you get a sticker, too. That, yeah, that's, that's the most the thing, important man. part, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Proof. Well, you know, I'm not sure if I have a a main story that we're going to break down today. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about this Kentucky football team that's 2-4 and four on the year after their 14-3 loss versus Georgia. Their second loss in a row after their uh, upset win versus the University of Tennessee. But this is a bye week, right? I mean, they're going to use this time to reset their expectations, get healthy with like guys like Terry Wilson and Quentin Bohannon. So, you know, we're going to put the football on the back burner and talk a lot about basketball. Uh, like I've mentioned already, Sky Clark, Bryce Hopkins, Damian Collins. We'll get into some details of the 2021 five-star forward that signed with Kentucky um, just this past weekend. And also John Calipari shuffling his staff a little bit. Jay Lucas just seems to have become a superstar already and has filled that role of Kenny Payne very nicely. But before we get into our first break of the day, it's time to get into the Wildcat news of today. And I start with some news that came out yesterday that the U.K. football team's game time versus Vanderbilt has been announced. The Week 8 matchup between the Commodores will be a noon kickoff at Kroger Field. 
The Vanderbilt Commodores are 0-4 on the year and will play Mike Leach's Mississippi State Bulldogs this week, but uh, you got to think that's uh, coming at the right time for Kentucky. This bye week, and a team like Vanderbilt, who has barely been able to have enough players to field a football team this year, uh, hopefully Kentucky can get a win there and, and get on the path to maybe a 4-6 and six season after the disappointing start that they've had. Uh, another news note that happened maybe two days ago that I think is worth sharing again is Avery Williamson being traded from the New York Jets to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the seventh-year NFL veteran who was a fifth-round pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, was traded to the New York, or excuse me, from the New York Jets to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Avery and a seventh-round pick were sent to Pittsburgh for a fifth-round pick. And he will join the Kentucky Steelers uh, with Benny Stell, Bud Dupree, and even Calvin Taylor on the practice squad. So if you have not embraced an NFL team, I'm sure this has been beaten over your head before if this Steelers team has been mentioned on these Kentucky radio airwaves. But Avery Williamson will join a good defense that is missing a hole with their talented second-year linebacker, uh, Devin Bush, going out for the year. So Williamson will join Bud Dupree, who is a man who is... Likely going to get paid here pretty soon. He has been playing very well, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do. He goes from a winless team to an undefeated team, so you can't ask for much more than that. Some more news that came out yesterday that Adam Zagoria of New York Times or Sports is reporting that there's a pretty good chance that the Champions Classic will be played on participating teams' campuses. Sources say as of right now there's a good chance that Michigan State will play Duke in their Champions Classic at Duke, and UK, Kansas would also be on campus, but he also says that could change tomorrow. Tomorrow, it could be an Indy. We're just not sure. You know, the games were originally slated for Orlando, but that had to be canceled after some of COVID-19 protocols not matching up with ESPN, and you know, also originally in Chicago. So, you know, the season is less than a month and away, so it's a little concerning to me that we don't have a lot of these games planned out, but you know, I think we might see a lot of the college basketball season look like a lot of the high school football season and what you've seen in the state of Kentucky where you know games are canceled maybe the day of or the day before, and you're going to have teams trying to scramble to schedule games. But expect an announcement on that in the coming weeks. We did hear Kentucky will play in the CBS Sports Classic in Cleveland uh, against UCLA December 19th, but that's really it, so... A lot more on the horizon when it comes to the college basketball schedule. And finally, on to wrap up the Wildcat news of today, Kentucky volleyball setter Madison Lilly, who is a senior, earned SEC Player of the Week for the second time this year. UK volleyball is 4-0 and overall with two consecutive sweeps this year of Tennessee and Missouri. So you got to love what Coach Skinner has this volleyball team doing already. Again, coming up, Later in the show, our guest lineup, Ben Roberts, will be next of the Lexington Herald-Leader. We'll also talk to Larry Vaught of Vaught's Views and John Lewis of WDRB in Louisville. I'm Billy Rutledge. You can follow me on Twitter at BillyRSports. In for Tom Leach today, thank you for listening so much. And we'll be back here on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Oaks of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. I am Billy Rutledge filling in for Tom Leach. Follow me on Twitter 
at Billy R Sports. Guests on the Leach Report come to you on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline, and that will be joined by Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald-Leader, a sports reporter covering U.K. basketball and recruiting. Follow him on Twitter, at BenRobertsHL. How are you doing, Ben? And uh, what's the schedule look like today? Are you going to go out and vote, or are you a part of the 100 million people who had voted early? <laughs> yeah, I went ahead and voted early, so I'll be... Uh... I'll be holed up in my office working on stuff for our basketball uh, preview section, I think, all day. Well, it's uh, been kind of head-scratching on what to preview in this college basketball season as we still don't yeah. have a schedule yet. But uh, let's dip into some of that U.K. basketball and, and specific, specifically recruiting. Kentucky gets a 2021 five-star forward Damian Collins to commit. He picked over team uh, picked Kentucky over teams like Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech, and Kansas. Uh, tell me about this guy, Ben, and, and should I chalk this commitment up to, to Jay Lucas going out and hitting the trail already? Yeah, I think Jay, first of all, I think Jay's a big part of this. Um, Joel Justice actually became Damian's uh, primary recruiter here at Kentucky as soon as they started recruiting him, but that at that point we kind of knew Jay was coming. I think Jay was announced maybe a week or two after that. Um, and I think kind of the combination of, one, I mean, the Kentucky program and, and all that comes with it. And, you know, I mean, it, they, they can recruit anybody anywhere at any time. And, and then the work that Joel put in. And then I think the, the icing on the cake was the fact that Damien knew he had somebody um, that he felt comfortable with, with Jay being here and, and somebody that, that he, he knew. I, I mean, he, he kind of sees Jay like family. And I've talked to people down in Texas who think, that had Jay stayed at Texas, um, Damian not only would have been committed to Texas, but would have been committed to Texas uh, probably two or three months ago. So, um, I, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's uh, safe to say Jay was a big part in this. And then on the court, I mean, I'm as you know, he's not as highly ranked yet as is a lot, or at least as some of Calipari's recent recruits. But uh, it, it's been a while since I've been intrigued. Uh, by somebody as much as I'm intrigued by Damian. I mean, he's just a guy that, you know, you don't want to compare him to somebody like a Nerlens Noel or an Anthony Davis as a shot blocker before he even plays his senior year of high school. <laughs> uh, but people are doing that uh, behind the scenes. People are saying he has that timing and he has that um, ability, the, the length, the uh, the ability to, to read offenses and just kind of kind of know when to make your move and, and use your body. Um, that, that you just can't teach those things, and he has that. And he's rounding into a a, a much better offensive player. So he's a guy I think is going to be real intriguing by the time he gets here. And if he's a one-and-done, I, I think he's the type that, that really improves over that year uh, in this program. Yeah, you don't have to make that comparison, but I will. I mean, in every <laughs> sense of the word, he, he is um, seeming to look like an Anthony Davis type. 6'10", 200 pounds, from Atlanta, Texas, uh, rated as highly as number 10 on the Rivals site for 2021. But this isn't the only recruit that they've picked up over the last week or two. You also have five-star Sky Clark along with four-star Bryce Hopkins. Uh, you know, is there such a thing in momentum when it comes to recruiting these guys, Ben? Because it seems like uh, Lucas and this staff, including Joel Justice and Bruiser Flynn, have uh, picked up the slack nicely after the departure of Kenny Payne. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't know that any one of those three were necessary necessarily related in the timing of their commitments but i i think it 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 was just kind of the uh um the reward of, of a long a long recruitment especially with sky i mean joel justice has been on him for more than a year 
Um, you know, he might have two more years of high school, but I think he, I think he's known where he's wanted to go for a long time now. And, and he finally just wanted to get that over with and get it out there and, and kind of move on with his, his own basketball development. And then with Bryce, you know, they jumped on him as soon as he decommitted from Louisville over the summer. Um, and I think that was another case of, you know, I think these kids are seeing that if we're able to make any campus visits at all, it's going to be in April or May. And even that is not a given at this point. So I, I think the kids that know where they want to go or have a really, really good idea of where they want to go are just going ahead and, and getting it over with. And, you know, Sky had been here before. Bryce actually drove down. You know, they're not allowed to do, like, basketball visits with their families right now. They can't meet the coaches, see the craft center, that kind of stuff. But, you know, they're free to travel to whatever campus they want to go to. So he came down with his, his family and just kind of looked around campus one day. And then Damian with the J connection knew he would have somebody that, that he was super comfortable with here. So I think it was just kind of a culmination of uh, these guys knew where they wanted to be and, and went ahead and got it over with. You know, Kentucky basketball the last few years have been subject to fans not knowing who the players are until maybe halfway through the year. Uh, and that that instance may be amplified this year with uh, no really preseason, no Big Blue Madness as of late. But, you know, the additions of Olivier Saar and Jacob Toppin cannot be understated. Just a couple minutes left, Ben, but tell me how your expectations have changed after those two guys have received waivers. It seems like Kentucky has almost eight, nine, ten guys that they can play. I don't want to say the word platoon, but also I'm saying the word platoon. What do you think about these guys in Kentucky? Yeah, well, I mean, Olivier is obviously a, a huge, huge deal. Um, I mean, that's a complete game changer for this team. If they don't have him, they're going to have to play somebody like an Isaiah Jackson or Lance Ware starting at the five. Uh, and I think those guys are capable of that, but they're, they're still freshmen. Isaiah is still 18 years old. I mean, you want, you don't want to put that kind of pressure on them right away. And not only do you get to bring those guys along, but you get a possible all SEC. I mean, heck, a possible SEC Player of the Year and Olivier um, coming in there and, and not only coming in with that kind of talent, but that kind of experience that, that it sounds like is already rubbing off on these younger guys. And with Jacob, I, I mean, that's just, you know, he came in, they expect him to sit out a year um, and, and develop. You know, it certainly doesn't hurt to get him out there in game situations. He's gonna he's practicing against Lance and Isaiah and Olivier and, and Keon Brooks and Cameron Fletcher every day in practice. Um, that can only help his development, and I think they see him long-term as a guy with a lot of upside and, and a guy who can really, really contribute down the road. Kind of like finding $20 in your jacket pocket <laughs> and, and also a guy that you may take part of that you know, extended eligibility with the, the blanket waiver. A lot of Kentucky guys are one-and-dones or may not use that blanket waiver, but if Toppin's going to stick around a few years, he may be one of those guys to use that extra year of eligibility. Ben, big thank you for joining us here on the Leach Report this morning, but I think Tom would be remiss if I didn't ask you one horse racing question. I know you stay on top of those things with the Breeders' Cup being in Lexington at Keeneland this weekend. Are there any familiar faces or anything you're really looking forward to to this meet this weekend? I know there's not going to be fans, but what do you think the storyline is that uh, Kentucky people in the state of Kentucky can look forward to? Yeah, I mean, with the Breeders' Cup coming up Friday and Saturday, it's 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 a loaded, loaded uh, group, and um, it's just going to be a lot of fun. I'll be out there both days, and the Classic, the Breeders' Cup Classic on Saturday night, uh, looks like one of the best classics in years, which is saying something because that's that's obviously uh, you know perhaps the biggest the biggest horse race uh, all year in the United States. Ben Roberts, follow him on Twitter at Ben Roberts HL, and catch his work in the Lexington Herald Leader. Thank you, Ben. All right, thanks a lot. That guy stays on top of it.
basketball recruiting. He's one of the best. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Larry Vaught will join us here on the Leach Report, report served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. The millennial version of The Leach Report today. I'm Billy Rutledge. You can follow me on Twitter at BillyRSports. Big thank you to Ben Roberts of the Lexington Herald-Leader joining us. And guest on The Leach Report, come to you on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. And just a couple minutes left before our uh, bottom-of-the-hour break, but Larry Vaught joins us now. You can follow him on Twitter at Views and read his work at VaughtsViews.com, but he's also a Sunday AM sports legend here on 630 WLAP. How are you doing, Larry? How are you? Well, after that uh, introduction, I feel pretty good, Billy. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's great to hear, Larry. It's good to talk to you again. Um, but, you know, I don't know how confident you are in this college basketball season starting on t- time, but I don't know if I am. You know, we are just less than a month away before Kentucky is supposed to start their college basketball slate and the rest of college basketball. But, you know, what are your thoughts on as the season comes closer and closer and we continue to deal with COVID-19 and how sports have been played you know, what's your confidence level of, with this college, ball, college basketball season starting soon? Well, I'm trying to stay optimistic based on the fact that I didn't think there would be a college football season, and we have gone through that relatively well. I mean, there certainly have been some issues in some cases where games have had to be altered, changed, or canceled, but have gone through it relatively well. Now, with the basketball and moving indoors, I do worry a lot. I think if you just were to look at the University of Kentucky, I feel very, very confident because they basically are in that bubble on their own. They're doing constant testing. But I just worry across the country how many schools can really have the same setup as they do. But I'm trying to remain optimistic when you're three weeks away from when Kentucky's will start a season and you hadn't even seen the schedule and you hear John Calipari talking about they've already got – backup games planned for when when games get changed it, it just makes you kind of wonder what, what's going to happen the sec still ain't debating how they're going to even play the games but I, I i'm just trying to stay optimistic that they will find some way to play and i'm going to try to do just like i have during football not complain and moan and groan about what <laughs> might happen just be glad we're having sports there's an opportunity for athletes to get absolutely out larry Absolutely. And if you'll stick with us, we're going to take a break here, but we'll be back with more with Larry on The Leach Report. Look for The Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Welcome back to this Election Day edition of The Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. I'm Billy Rutledge. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sports and we're going to continue to talk with Larry Vaught, who is on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. And Larry, we you know may not be fully optimistic about the start of this college basketball season, but look at what this college uh, Kentucky staff has done recruiting-wise the past two weeks. Three top 25 uh, kids in the last week, along with Sky Clark and Bryce Hopkins, the latest being Damian Collins, the 2021 five-star forward out of Atlanta, Texas. It, it seems like the shuffling of Coach Cal Perry's staff after the Kenny Payne departure is really starting to pay off. It, it, they've been on a, a pretty nice roll. Of course, Sky Clark was a guy you thought they were going to get 
for a while, then it kind of seemed like he maybe wavered a little bit and went the North Carolina direction, at least thinking about it, but they secured that. I think Hopkins is a young man, as soon as he decommitted from Louisville, Kentucky got involved, and you felt pretty good about him. And then Collins was a guy that everybody was predicting was going to be between Texas and Oklahoma. Then Calipari hires Jay Lucas, who had been recruiting uh, Damien, and also Damien's father is good friends with John Lucas, Jay's dad. So that was a pretty strong connection there. And I was a little surprised that Damien went ahead and committed this early. I thought he's probably going to be a guy that's going to wait till the spring. But to haul those three guys in in a, in a week and a half, two week period was pretty strong. Whether they'll get anybody else before the November 11th signing period starts, I don't know. But they're also now pretty well positioned with some guys in the spring. But the difficult thing, Billy, is right now you don't know who for sure might be back next year, what transfers might be out there that you could add to your roster. So I think just trying to figure out numbers that you're going to have on your team next year is pretty interesting because what if all of a sudden six guys don't leave for the NBA and you have eight or nine return and you've already signed three or four and then you've got four transfers you'd like to go ahead and add in. So it's going to be an intriguing recruiting year for Kentucky, I think. Absolutely. It'll be such a balancing act, maybe more so than other years, even with Kentucky having so many one-and-dones. Does Damian Mintz decide to stay for another year? Does Olivier Saar? Uh, it will be a balancing act. I think it's worth noting that, remember, Jay Lucas was joined the staff as a recruiting coordinator, but was it just last week, maybe two weeks ago, Calipari shuffled the staff and made him an on-court assistant, and including Tony Barbie to become the associate head coach. It's really helped the recruiting the last couple weeks. And Larry, I mean... What's the greatest recruiting pitch in the world has to be this NBA bubble and, and what happened with the Kentucky players this past year. Anthony Davis wins his first title, the emergence of Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, throw in Devin Booker, Devin Booker and, and Jamal Murray. I mean, if you're a young kid watching NBA basketball today, how can you not see those guys and think that Kentucky will give me the best shot to succeed at the next level? It was like an infomercial for Kentucky. It was on every night. It's just you, you just watch and you kept thinking, and the, all the national headlines, the national highlights, you know, like everything had a Kentucky player in them. And all three players that have recently committed to Kentucky have basically said the same thing as you just said that that was kind of the final piece in the puzzle there for them. When you watch that and think, well, if I want to go to the next level, these guys prepare you better than than anywhere to go do that and, and make your impact. Right away, I think Tyler Hero really helped that a lot. What what some of the other guys did was was fine too. But when you see that Tyler Hero just a year ago was sitting there playing at Kentucky, then now here he is doing what he's doing in the NBA. I think that really really resonated well with with a lot of these guys, and I'm sure it will with, with other other players that are still out there too. So you, you can't undersell that at all. And I think that's something that Jay Lucas and Joel Justice and Bruiser will be stressing daily as they recruit. Speaking with Larry Vaught, follow him on Twitter, at Vaught Views right now. Uh, and Larry, before I shift you to football, uh, i got to ask you about this upcoming college basketball season. You mentioned that Coach Cal has already got things lined up for games that get canceled. He's already got backup games, and the, and the first games haven't even been announced. You, you know, UK kind of got the, the bad end of the stick in football scheduling, 
uh, when the schedule forced Missouri to jump Georgia, and then Georgia ended up getting a bye week before taking on Kentucky. Who knows how it worked out the original way it was scheduled. But should we go into this 2020-2021 schedule assuming that it's going to be a fluid situation and games will be canceled or rescheduled and, and maybe even look like something like the high school football scene in Kentucky where you know games are being scheduled the week of or the day before? I think certainly during the non-conference part, you're going to have to figure that that could happen because if a team has an outbreak or just a one one case or something, that could be sidelined for two weeks, and that's a lot of games in a college basketball season. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the conference because if the SEC does play in bubbles like what they're talking about or, or groups of six and you get together for – four or five days you play five games in that time or something and one team can't participate. I don't know how you're going to make all that up. And I, I think that's going to be really interesting coming NCAA tournament selection time. How do you weigh in the number of games people played, who they played against, or how many teams are you going to have in the NCAA tournament this year? So, again, let me and you will just remind ourselves and everybody else, let's just be glad there's any basketball and if Kentucky gets to play the full number of games, great. They only get to play 20. That's better than zero. And let's just hope for the best. But I think, yeah, you better just be ready that when you look at a schedule on a Monday, by the end of the week, it may not look like anything like what you thought it was going to be for Kentucky or anybody else. Couldn't agree more, Larry. And, you know, it being an indoor sport, we're going to have our own problems to deal with here. But uh, it'll be something we have to monitor for sure. All right, uh, let's touch on football before I let you go, Larry. Two and four record for this Kentucky Wildcats team after their 14 to three loss versus Georgia. Only three points scored versus Georgia in the last two years. Uh, you know, I've had, I've kind of had to reset my expectations for this Kentucky team after the start. But, Larry, would you agree that if this was a normal year you were playing 10, 11, 12 games, then I think this is about a 7-5 and five Kentucky team. This is, you know, you have conference win over Mississippi State and Tennessee. You're probably going to get one against Vandy and possibly South Carolina. That's enough with your cupcake games and a win versus Louisville to get you six, seven wins. So while a lot of Big Blue Nation is down with the 2-4 and four start, uh, maybe we need to realize how much of a grind this all-SEC schedule is and, and and you know, see that Kentucky, while may not be taking a huge step forward, is is still winning some ball games. Well, you're being pretty kind and optimistic. I think, Bill, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not quite as uh, on board with you as that because I thought if there was every year Kentucky should be able to handle the schedule that it was facing, would be this year with the number of starters it had back. Everybody that I talked to, connect with the team, told me this was the most talented Kentucky roster from player one through eighty-five that they've ever had, and it just went on and on about this and that. But when you can't score points, it's just hard to win games no matter who you're playing. And their offense has been so stagnant every game except Ole Miss. I don't know if it would make much difference who they're playing with the, with the problems they've got on offense, and it's just kind of baffling. And I know Eddie Grand's catching a lot of heat, but I went back and looked up last night the last three years he was at Cincinnati before he came to Kentucky. His the, his team threw for six about six thousand yards every year, so it's not like he can't coach a passing offense. But at Kentucky, there's just no passing to it. When you have thirteen touchdowns in six games and six of them came in one game, I mean they just have got major issues. Whether it's quarterback, whether it's receivers, whether it's a whole skill set, whether it's just 
something's not going on exactly right in that locker room. I mean, they had a receiver, Akeem Hayes, who caught some balls early, said some things on Twitter. We haven't seen him anywhere since then. We've had a quarterback's mother complain about the coaching staff on Twitter. So a lot of things going on that just something just doesn't seem right because I still think this team should have been more talented than it has been on offense because the defense has played pretty well most of the season. But the offense has just been – horrible and i really don't know that i have any expectation that it's going to get any better if i'm a um a recruit a wide receiver give me a five-star receiver out of kentucky larry how do you recruit me to kentucky uh i mean you are what you are at this point uh in eight years under the stoops tenure you know they don't be using the wide receivers very much and you know this is a stat that shocked me that came across the the tv screen against georgia you know two game or kentucky has two games this year with under 200 total yards there's not another sec team that has one game of under 200 yards you know we had some former wide receiver coaches chiming in on twitter as well you know how does kentucky keep their current wide receiver class and recruit future guys I think I think if they keep them, then Vince Mara's even a better recruiter than I think. Because <laughs> in the past, you've been able to sell them on, well, if we get you, if we can get you, then we're going to open it up and we're going to do this and going to do that. But they just haven't haven't done that. Can't do that. I don't know what it is. But if you're a five star guy and think I'd like to be able to catch fifty balls a year, then I mean, there's just no reason to think that Kentucky's going to be the right spot. For you, and they've got a couple pretty high-profile guys committed, and they need signing day to get here now. I mean, they need signing day to be mm-hmm. right now because I don't know how that's going to play out. There's a couple of pretty talented juniors in the state too that are receivers that I wonder about, and yet they've recruited Bo Allen, a prolific passer. They've got Kaya Sharon, the quarterback from Somerset, prolific passer, committed. So the, the recruiting guys that can throw the ball, and the recruiting guys who can catch the ball. Just when you get to Kentucky, you don't do either. You know, Larry, I was trying to be as positive as I can be here on the Leach Report this morning, but I'm with you. You know, this is a very talented roster. I think that uh, two and four is not the start that Kentucky fans or the program were looking for. Um, But if you wanted to uh, hang your head on anything, just look at what this Kentucky team has been off the field and some of the off the field storylines that they've had. You know, everything that's gone on with Chris Oates and John Schlarman, or even how the program rallied together for the Black Lives Matter movement. I think that um, while the strides haven't been made on the field, I think you can continue to see, see steps being made off the field with Stoops and the program as a whole. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you there. They've done a great job. At that, and that, and that matters in, in recruiting too. That people do notice that, and they've they've been top of the line there. And, and again, Mark is who he is. I mean, he, his team's won 18 games the previous two years, and he has his philosophy. And why we might not always like it, it may not be highly entertaining. It is one games for him this year. I think maybe we also have to step back and think maybe we didn't fully appreciate how good Benny Snell and Lynn Bowden both were either. Because uh, what each of those guys did the last two years, maybe we just kind of underestimated what they did and didn't value them for being as good as what they were. But whatever it is, I sure hope they can get a fix because they can't lose. They can't lose to Vanderbilt, can they, Billy? No, no, they cannot. Uh, Stoops, the third all-time winningest coach at Kentucky, and yet he doesn't have a 500 record in his eight years. So 
Um, just readjust your expectations just a little bit on what you expect from year to year. But Larry Vaught, thank you very much for joining us here on this millennial version of the Leach Report. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter at Vaught's Views and read his work at VaughtViews.com. Thank you, Larry. All right, Billy. All right, catch him also on Sunday AM Sports on 630 WLAP. We're going to take a break. When we come back, John Lewis of WDRB in Louisville will join us. We're going to talk some more football with him. Coming up on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Welcome back to this Election Day edition of the Leach Report. I'm Billy Rutledge filling in for Tom Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Billy R Sports. And our final guest of the day comes to you on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. That's John Lewis of WDRB. You can follow him on Twitter at John WDRB, a sports reporter, TV man, and Kentucky Wesleyan grad. John, big thank you to come for coming on in just a few minutes here, but can you help me make sense of this Kentucky offense? I mean, I'm not sure what's been going wrong. I, I, I checked out the WDRB website, and Eric Crawford, your colleague, had a, a good line. He said, conservative is not a winning strategy. Help me make sense of this. Is it the Jimmys and Joes, or is it the X's and O's with this Kentucky offense? Well, I, it's the X's and O's. I think you're right, really about that, because it's it, and what Eric said was, was dead on. I mean, you kind of get, you know, this is Joey Gatewood's first start. He's got to start against the top defense, uh, you know, in in the league and, and one of the top defenses in the country. But, you know, Mark Stoop said after the game, he said, well, the deep shots just weren't there. Well, that's when you've got to find out why they weren't there. And it's if you're a U.K. fan, it is just it has to be just demoralizing when your defense plays so well. Look what that defense did against Tennessee, first of all. There were two pick sixes there and what ended up being a blowout. You know, and then the defense really played it played well enough to win against Missouri. Offense just wasn't there. Certainly played well enough to win against Georgia. What could have get them in a big upset? But when you you know, when your quarterback has I think it was twenty five attempts for less you know, for ninety yards, ninety one yards, something like that, that's not gonna get it done. And that is an X's and O's problem. I you know, Chris Rodriguez obviously, you know, he had a good game, but but you can't go to just the run game. Yeah, to win in the SEC you've got to run the ball. But, I mean, right now you've got to get a quarterback that can get back there and pass. And, you know, we kept hearing about the, the arm of Joey Gatewood. We know he, what he can do with his feet, but just we haven't seen it. And I, I hope, you know, that they've got to get right game. I think you talked about it there about with Vanderbilt. They've got to get right game and an off week. So maybe this is where we see that offense open up because it, it absolutely has to. Well, I think it's unacceptable that it took six weeks to find out that Chris Rodriguez was the lead back. And I'm trying to, um, you know, I'm trying to give some Eddie Grant some benefit of the doubt. You know, what he did with the offense and Lynn Bowden last year was absolutely incredible just to get even Kentucky to a bowl game from there, not let alone win it. But, you know, what I've seen so far, I don't know how many more one yard read options up the middle I can take. You know, is, it feels like this offense is, is holding the program back. Uh, it, it, this is not what you want to see uh, this deep into a season where you have no room for error. I mean, you're you're in an all SEC shortened schedule, and there, there's just not much room for error. And and you're right; it reminds me a little bit before your time, Billy. But the one of the first starts that Tim Couch got for UK, he was running the option against Florida, and it was a it was an absolute disaster. And it's now I'm not put, I'm not trying to put 
Eddie Grant into that. That whole coaching staff got fired, so I'm not trying to put the coaching staff, uh, compare it with that. But it's just, there's got to be a way to open this up and be, because they need to win and they need to win now. This, I thought this team would be a lot better. And, you know, you go back to Lynn Bowden, that was a Jimmy and Joe's. That wasn't the X's and O's. Mm. I thought Eddie Grant did do a very good job, but everybody in that stadium and the other 11 on the other side knew that Lynn Bowden was going to, was going to run the ball and it, and they couldn't stop it. And that was it. That was just spoke a lot to his talent. And see, we're starting to figure it out here on the Leach Report. John Lewis is our guest here on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. And, John, just about a minute left, a quick visit with you today. But I need to mention something that's going on in the city of Louisville. Bellarmine announced a multi-year partnership to play men's and women's basketball games in Freedom Hall this year, their first year at the Division One level in basketball. you got to be excited for that. I mean, the, the former UofL basketball place will hold 15% fans, which will be about 2,700 fans, so not much more or less than what they usually get at Bellarmine. But, you know, I like this agreement and think it's a good start for Bellarmine in their Division One career. No question. And not only that, if that's 15% capacity that gets you to 2,700. Full capacity at Knights Hall would be about 2,200. So if they went more. with 15% capacity there, that's 300 fans. So I think it, it works out well. And, and there is a plan now that uh, Bellarmine is in uh, the A-Sun and, and Division One in moving there this year, that there is a plan to expand Knights Hall. And so this, this actually works out for on a lot of levels. The main one, one of the main ones being, if they do start this construction, they don't have to worry about trying to play and schedule them around construction. They can play at Freedom Hall, and it's good to see old Freedom Hall come back and, and have basketball in it again. And no one appreciates that more than Scotty Davenport, the head coach, because he coached there with Denny Crum. He coached there uh, with Rick Pitino, and now he gets to be the head coach there again. And they had an exhibition a few years ago against Cincinnati, and it was just it was really cool to see you know basketball back in Freedom Hall. It's a it's a great venue, you know. I just hope they keep it up and, and are able, you know, maybe update it a little bit. And, and it, it's, it'll be a great place for uh, Bellarmine to start their the D one uh, schedule. I think it's that, that that is a great move. We're pretty excited about it. Couldn't agree I think more. Everybody in Louisville is. Couldn't agree more. And I'm optimistic about Bellarmine, not, not so much about this college basketball year and the scheduling. <laughs> but that's all the time we have, John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, good job today, Billy. Thank you. Appreciate that. One more segment to go. I'm Billy Rutledge, for Tom Leach. This is the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Hey, that's going to do it for us today on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Big thank you to Tom Leach for letting me fill in. I am Billy Rutledge. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sports. And everybody, have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time right here on the Leach Report Radio Network.